Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, also known as the Soaring Eagles of Freedom. Caca. <laughs> for for Tuesday, September fourth, two thousand eighteen. My name is Ray, and along with me are I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. On this podcast, we talk about local news and politics and give our opinions from a secular point of view. If you would like to join in on the conversation, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash profanearg, and post your thoughts or a link to an article you'd like for us to discuss. This week, we will be talking about some robocalls and a Bible study that was posted on our Facebook page. But first, we were just starting a conversation about the new Nike ad and Kaepernick being their, I don't know, spokesperson? Does it count if it's just your face so in far. the ad? <laughs> maybe maybe it's a longer-term contract. I don't know. Mm. But Kaepernick just recently appeared in a Nike ad. It's a close-up of his face, and it says, Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And Jared, you uh, you just made a comment, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to retort, but I thought we'd record it first. <laughs> okay, well, I said that I said that was a pretty ballsy move on Nike's part, and your retort is. <laughs> well, I'm not no? I'm not sure that it is. I don't know. I think it's more of a very calculated move on Nike's part. I don't think it's that ballsy. I mean, Nike Nike is really big into sports, supporting black athletes. I don't know. It seems like a good business decision to me. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, we're talking about it. I can't tell you the last time I had a conversation about Nike anything. (laughs) (laughs) But ballsy in the sense that it's like Nike just threw their their hat in the ring and it's like, here's where we stand on this. And you're, you're alienating some of your customers, even though those customers are assholes. Well, I think that the demographics probably would show that they're they know they're going to take a little bit of a hit but they will make up for it with the the rest of their customers and i i think it can be both it can be both a supportive and righteous thing to do and also be a marketing scheme at the same time oh i don't doubt for a second there was a slew of people studying this first being like okay how much blowback how much money right is it gonna matter yeah how many have how many headlines are going to appear in how many newspapers with the word Nike in it? Yeah, a ton. That's all plus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how many viral videos of people burning their shoes? <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think they really care what they do with the shoes once they've purchased them. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, you want to burn the them? amount yeah. of shit that these people have burned and destroyed of their <laughs> own property and things that they're boycotting, they're going to be able to do nothing. Ever, eventually. <laughs> Go anywhere or buy anything. Yep. The only thing Shoeless about... Shoeless and hungry. <laughs> no coffee. No Kaepernick jersey. No no, photo, no no frame photo of Robert De Niro. <laughs> the only thing that I would, you know, come down on Nike for is their continued bad manufacturing practices. I mean, child labor and, you know, all that stuff. So... They, I think it would be a better marketing move to fix those issues. If anything, though, and I agree with you on that, not not to blow off what you just said. This makes me feel good because I have a feeling that Nike's probably got a bunch of high-paid kids with good math degrees, figuring out the numbers, figuring out the population. And if Nike is saying, fuck it, we could take a hit on this, then most of the country is thinking the same way we are. Mm, yes. True. Yeah. They, they know they're going to come out on the right side. Right. Of history. Yeah. 
right? They're not going to go into this without knowing the numbers, without having crunched them a hundred times. So that makes and sense. And I'm sure that, and I just, I just heard this, that apparently they already signed like an eight-year contract with the NFL, some sort of shoe distribution contract with the, <laughs> the National Football League. So sure, I don't think they're going to be hurting for money. I think they're going to be able to weather any minor hit that they take to their pocketbook because of this. This also shows just how dumb most people are. <laughs> so today on Facebook, most of the people that I know that I'm Facebook friends with are like, well, that's a slap in the face to the troops. I'm never buying Nike again, and I'm burning all my Nike <sighs> shit. What? And I'm like, slap to the troops. I'm like, what did Colin Kaepernick say about the troops? Yeah. And they're like, well, nothing. I'm like, oh, so the flag, the American flag just represents the troops? No. Okay. So th these people, they're just, as I like to call them, Yankee Doodle dipshits, <laughs> and they just love America. So, you know, it's that that, that nationalism. Mm. It's crazy. Colin Kaepernick and all the other people who are kneeling, and we've gone over this a million times, are protesting police violence against black people. Right. 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 And they've been very clear about that. But even when you are told outright, if you want to be outraged, you have to return to your original narrative. I mean, I will remember back as far as when we wanted to uh, go over to the Middle East and kill more brown people. And it was because they, they attacked us because they're jealous of our freedom. They're jealous of our freedom. Even though <laughs> they came out and said they attacked us because of our support of Israel and because of our ties with the Saudi royal family. It's because they're jealous of our freedom. <laughs> They're after our freedom. They uh, hate us because they hate us. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? There are so many countries that are so much truly freer than mm. our country. They mm. should be dust if that were the case, and it never was. It's not the case now. It has nothing to do with the flag or the troops or America. <laughs> I mean, really, every as Jared said, everybody involved has been crystal clear as to why they are protesting. And they have gone to the greatest lengths to protest in the most appropriate and respectful ways possible. And still, here we are again, burning Nike shoes because of this slight to our troops and our flag. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, can you go downstairs and outside of your house and light up a joint and just walk down the street, smoke it? I cannot. I, oh, I thought legally. we lived in the freest country ever. <laughs> so much freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it all just goes back. And I know people don't like to draw the races or throw out the races card so easily, but it's not being thrown out easily. It just comes back to the fact that it gives people an excuse to be racist and to, yeah, to do right. it in the name of nationalism. Which is a perfect tie into the next part of the story. Miss <laughs> Carla Maloney. So Ms. Carla Maloney is a former Republican – she's on the Republican Committee of Beaver County. She's the Beaver County Secretary. She evidently posted on her personal Facebook page calling black NFL players kneeling before the national anthem baboons. Um, so there's that. Um, <laughs> Just a, another example of how – yeah, it's it's complete racism. Yeah. And she, there were other things that she said, but that was the, the, the one that it kind of – you know, summed it up nicely. And she right. ha has now resigned. So I'm curious, does this woman have that much of a low IQ that she didn't think that anybody would see that on Facebook? Or is she just <laughs> emboldened by the today's politics that she's like, oh, I could totally get away with this baboon thing? Well, I believe she did not use her public name. 
she used a, I don't know, a, a private name. I don't know if it was her mother's maiden name or what it was, but it was not Carla M- Maloney. The name it on wasn't Facebook. At, it wasn't at Carla Maloney at secretary mm. for for BeaverCounty.com. Right. right. So I I would suppose it was probably a little bit of both. A little bit of the, uh, nobody can find me here because I'm uh, I'm good at the internets. And um, <laughs> so she wanted to be racist so bad she made a fake account. <laughs> it was her 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 quote personal account, not her oh, work okay. account. You know. Uh. I, I, and there are people that, that work in the public that do that. They have you know. A, a pseudo private account that is for the personal is not they're not, not their work related. So yeah, a, l- a little of both. She's a racist and she's feeling emboldened and she she, she hit a little bit. <laughs> it's not well enough. But she so, left. She resigned. She resigned. She did resign. And in her resignation, she said that her words were inappropriate, distasteful, and insensitive. And those who know me know that I come from a diverse family that represents modern America. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'll be running for Pat Toomey's seat in four years. <laughs> yeah. So along with the, the note of racism and calling black people baboons, I'm going to move this one up in the list. The robocalls that I had mentioned on the intro, there were robocalls in Florida. Actually, this, the, according to the article in the Washington Post, there are robocalls all over the place that are equally as bad. Well, you might need to back up on this story and start with the beginning part. Are you talking about what went down in Florida? Yeah, down in Florida. So you want to start with the with the interview first, and then <laughs> the the interview with Ron DeSantis. Yeah, yeah, where the, the GOP candidate for uh, what was it, governor? Governor. Yeah, they're Florida. both running yes. for governor. Yeah, yeah, they're they're so uh, he. <laughs> I love it when they say dog whistle, that mm-hmm. it's a dog whistle to rally racists. It's not a dog whistle. When he came out and said that uh, he didn't want Florida voters to monkey it up, monkey up the government by voting in Gillum, who is uh, the black Democrat running for the office. I got a hot take oh. on this. <laughs> okay. My hot take is this. I don't think he meant that to be racist. I don't think that was intentional. Feel free to rip me apart. <laughs> See, I, can't, th- I, I, I can't because there's no way that I can definitively prove mm. that literally no one says that casually. <laughs> I think it I, was a radically insensitive and stupid thing to say. Whether it was intentionally racist, meh, hard to say. I got the feeling, and I could be wrong, that he was trying to say something to the end, to the, like, don't throw a monkey wrench in this or don't monkey around with this. I just don't feel that it was intentional. Having said all that, could Rob, Ron DeSantis be a, a, a racist? I'd say there's 80, 85% chance that that's true. <laughs> um, I just don't think he's that dumb. I think that he just made a mistake and was like, don't monkey around with, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've said that, like, don't monkey around with that. You guys ever said that? I don't know if I have. I wouldn't. I'm not going to say that I've never said it because I've definitely heard it in my family with no racial you know, reference whatsoever. I guess my only follow-up question would be the, that this is reliant on your perception of his his intelligence. Remind me again, what state he's the governor of? (laughs) Well, he was the one, I don't know if you guys remember a few months ago, me talking about the ad that some Republican put out. And I was like, where he was teaching his kid how to say, build the wall with the building blocks. And right. Yeah. That was Ron DeSantos. (laughs) Oh, So, odds are so when racist. I say that he's possibly a racist with a good percentage chance, <laughs> I'm sticking by that. I just don't believe that that was his intent this time. But well, let's talk about the ad, Ned. Oh, the, the robocalls okay. next. Okay. Yeah, so these robocalls don't leave anything to to uh, to happenstance. That 
the robocall starts out, well, hello there. I is Andrew Gillum. And it goes on as though this were the candidate speaking. And he says, and I'm going to not do the accent that I'm sure it was in because that is way too racist. Uh, but the ad says, we Negroes done made mud huts while white folk waste a bunch of time making their home out of wood and stone. <clears throat> if the Negro know for show he did, he didn't do nothing, then that, that Negro should be let out of jail. Wow. He talks, it goes on and talks about how African Americans can evade arrest. It goes, it goes way, way too far. And it does the traditional, like, what, 1940s Southern, uh, black accent. Was really? It, like, it, was like a, it was like a full on, like, like, Uncle Remus, like songs yeah. of the South. Yeah, I heard exactly. that there was like, oh, I heard there was like monkeys screaming in the background and like jungle drums going yep. off. Drums and monkeys in the background. Yeah. Now, no one has an actual audio copy of this call, though, right? I have not heard one, but I haven't looked. All the right. question I'll- is, though, who paid for it? Because that has well, it wasn't DeSantos. It was some other. Not directly. I, no. <laughs> but who actually did pay for it, though? That would be an interesting. I- Right, I feel like, and in this modern age, how do we not already know? <laughs> like, I'm as soon sure, as that happened, no. yeah. yeah, I'm pretty the, sure their that alleged I saw that inability it, to trace the source should be instantaneous. Yeah, no, I thought I saw it was some group that like that was affiliated with like a KKK or something, something like that. Like, it was sure. a total racist group that did it on their own without any, you know, he didn't pay for it, he didn't approve it. It was just something they did after the interview. So, Is regardless of whether legal. Anybody could do it, I guess. Oh, I got to get a robocaller. Well, they they might. Here's the thing is like, can't the four of us start our own super PAC? I suspect with the right amount of paperwork, yes. And just be like, yeah, we're taking donations for, uh, I don't know, whoever. Right. And then if we decide to start super PAC, that we can. Um, yes. I believe that's how it works. I think that's how. So some super PAC that was just started and then they went out and did this. Now, this goes back to the interview. On whether or not I think he did it on purpose. It really doesn't matter. Because the damage is done. <laughs> but mm. it could be the Democrats who did the damage. Well, according to... I, I skimmed down through the article. According to the Des Moines Register, the man producing the robocalls is named Scott Rhodes of Sandpoint, mm. Idaho. That is a... Is, is that the same robocall? Because the oh. that is referencing a robocall in Iowa that was about Molly Tibbetts. Oh, you're right. And I'm sorry. It, All right. It was uh, it was a different robocall that said if after her life had now been brutally stolen from her, she could come be brought back to life for just one moment and asked, what would you do now? She would say, kill them all. Mm. <laughs> Which her parents have come out and said, uh, no, that is not what she said. <laughs> well, she would have said. It's insane. Uh, it also goes on to say that uh, we can't do that, but we can deport them all. The Aztec hybrids known mm-hmm. as mestizos are low IQ, bottom feeding savages. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Mr. Rhodes of Sandpoint, Idaho. Now, some people have also said we shouldn't give credit to this person. Uh, we shouldn't name them out because that's what they want. They want to be in the news. Well, you know what? If you If you do things like this... And you want to be in the news? I'm pretty sure you want some pushback because that's what they're, they're going to get. I, in my opinion, somebody does something like this, we should know who they are. Mm. They shouldn't be able to go in hiding. They shouldn't be able to voice their opinion. You need to call out their name. You need to say who they are. If you're going to be this blatantly racist, fine. Now you're in the light. 
Now everybody knows what type of person you are. Is it okay to punch a I'm Nazi in the face? <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the Captain America <laughs> answer on this. Uh, it's still assault. And uh, yeah, you can be, uh, you can absolutely be arrested for assaulting. Well, I didn't ask if it was person. legal. So no, it's not legal, but if you're asking if it's morally okay, I don't okay. see anything wrong with it. All right. Next thing I have, this is a little, well, completely off racism. This is an entirely different subject, but I thought this was interesting. In Los Angeles, in a police department in Los Angeles, a giant kiosk was erected. It had a large TV flanked by posters and pamphlets discussing human rights, children, how to cleanse your body of drugs, and how to achieve happiness. <laughs> That's a, it's kind of a strange conglomeration of things. What was it for? Scientology. Hmm. A computer screen, interactive screen, where you could go in and find out information about Scientology and where you can go to achieve true happiness and it just appeared in the los angeles police department i mean presumably somebody had to have known about it and approved it yeah presumably but according to the information that we have uh the kiosk's origins are a mystery hmm. it was installed with no public request no public record of who created the display no indication of who gave them a green light that they could put it in place. Is anybody else picturing Tom Cruise dropping from the ceiling and placing this kiosk there? <laughs> <laughs> I am now. <laughs> How strange. Yeah, but a completely, I mean, it just promoted Scientology. There's no secular reason for it to be there. Is Every, it still there? No. No. Oh, okay. So a, a lawyer, a lawyer apparently went in and said, wait a minute. Are these all across L.A.? What is what is going on? And as soon as it was questioned, it was taken down. And when records were, you know, they were they were asked about records of who put this in, who paid for it. Uh, they didn't have any, apparently. They have nothing. They <laughs> haven't come forward with any information. In a police so, station. In a police station. So I had a job. I had a weird job when I was in high school. I, I carried or walked around a bar carrying a clipboard, and, and people would come up to me and say, what's a clipboard for? And I'd say, would you like to be a member of this club? So my job was to get people to sign up for memberships, which were horrifically expensive, and all I got was free drinks out of the deal, but I was underage, so it was kind of cool. <laughs> anyway, but my point is that if you that walk- That does not sound entirely <laughs> legal. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But, <laughs> but my point is, though, if you walk around with a clipboard and you look like you know what you're doing and you belong there, people tend to leave you alone. I wonder if they just kind of walked in with their clipboards and their hard hats on and said, we're, we're supposed to put it over here. Everybody kind of just went, ugh, all right. If it were something other than a police station, I would agree with you because I used to do stuff like that all the time. When I worked at the university, I was a, uh, I was a courier at the university mm. and I could just walk in anywhere and no one ever questioned me i could just wander through any unlocked area like didn't matter where i was delivering what department i was supposed to be in i'd just wander into the price jordan center and wander around take a look at some stuff wander into strangers offices just anything just as long as i didn't stop to ask people you know where am i what's going on no one questioned my being there i feel like that's an environment where you should stop people and question them is a police station. <laughs> yeah, did well, they all just come to work? I mean, like, it's not like the police station ever closes, right? Right. So so, so someone walked in there was like, here we go. And everyone just stood around and was like, 
No, look at that. They're putting in a new uh, coffee <laughs> new machine cash. or something. Yeah. <laughs> wonder what that's for. Bob must have approved it. They look like they're they're official. <laughs> I don't know. That I is mean, dangerous. And and if it's true that they just were like, yo, we're totally going to sneak this in. Much like Nike. What a ballsy move on the Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is something Scientologists do have. They have a lot of people very dedicated, mm, <laughs> willing right. to make those ballsy moves. Anyway, found that one interesting. All right, let's move on to some of the the follow-ups. We had talked about Catholic uh, adoption agencies and uh, how they were told that they could no longer discriminate against gay couples, so they just decided to shut down. Well, Mm -hmm. apparently there is a group of 95 Catholic charity workers who are protesting that decision. So they have gotten together and said, no, we've always been taught, even within this Catholic organization, that uh, that's not how we operate. We should not discriminate for any reason. Uh, That's part of, of, you know, who we think we are. Why did you shut this down? You're you're turning off a well, you're turning off a good resource for for the public. So some of the workers who were there are standing up and going, no, 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 let's, why, why don't we just follow the rules? I don't think that's going anywhere, but good for them. <laughs> well, it, it again, affirms the, uh, what I keep saying, the, well, at least what I hope is true, that the basic fundamental goodness of most people, not all, just the, the, um, the assholes are in charge at the moment, so. I like the one thing that it says in the article. It boils down to what you believe is important. Standing up for a vulnerable group of children or clinging to bigotry in the name of divine morality. Mm. And yeah, yeah. But as it turns out, the Catholics are still one of the most bigoted and divisive groups there can be. The, uh, the next article I got was from LGBTQNation.com. A letter has come out that uh, was from, I forget what his role is, but he some sort of organi- uh, organizer in the Vatican submitted a, a public letter saying that when he worked for the Vatican, and it was a time when Pope Frank was in Washington, D.C., it completely refutes the claims that the Vatican did not, and the Pope himself, did not know who Kim Davis was when he met her. It says that... He was briefed as to who she was and that uh, he did have an audience with her, a 15-minute audience, Hmm. and that his later statements saying, well, I didn't really know who she was and it was a brief meeting and we didn't really discuss anything. Yeah, that's not true at all. Apparently, the Pope was briefed about who she was, affirmed that he wanted to meet with her, and con- uh, this letter also confirms that when th- when he spoke with her, that uh, he told her to stay strong. Hmm. Didn't we hear that already, that he said that? There I remember was, hearing something about that. There was a report that, that I think she said that, or, or the, the group of attorneys that represent her had said that. Now, I also heard that the man who was throwing Pope Frank under the bus on this one has gone head to head with him on a couple things. And he is, has. And is described and as a disgruntled employee. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And he is disgruntled for the reasons that I wouldn't have originally suspected. But basically, because uh, Pope Francis has been very lax on the gays, according yes. to him, uh, he doesn't like that. So he's, yeah, apparently just that disgruntled employee. I have a feeling this is a way to get him out, that they're sick of his liberal bullshit. (laughs) 
Well, it sounded, I always thought it sounded weird at the time. And who meets the Pope when he has to know who's meeting with him? It is very rare to get an audience with the Pope. Right. But who knows what they told him? Don't. It's not somebody you lie to. That's just bizarre. Really? <laughs> I mean, if, if you're a Catholic, it's certainly not somebody you'd lie to. If it's a setup to have him meet Kim Davis and cause problems. Yeah, but... If you look, if you work in the Vatican and you know that the Pope is just a guy that you've put in charge and is not the vicar of Christ, <laughs> maybe he's okay to lie to. <laughs> Also, I have to assume that he probably did not know who she was prior to, like, if he was brief 15 minutes and then they're like, oh, yeah, she did this and uh, marriage and, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, he hasn't time, doesn't have time to digest the information, meets her, you know, maybe he says stay drunk. Maybe he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Listen, I once tried to smuggle drugs into a prison and the judge let me off because he didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly the same. <laughs> Right for a less for a less personal and more stories <laughs> like show relevant maybe it would be like if you're about to uh, go to a hearing where you're going to confirm a Supreme Court justice and an hour before the meeting someone hands you forty eight thousand pages of unread material and be like good luck we're going to start in an hour <laughs> you you probably don't really know what's going on you probably haven't had time to prepare so well, you just say all right stay strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, whereas we here in America do not hear the news from the rest of the world, the rest of the world, a lot of it does hear all about our crazy shenanigans. So I would be, <laughs> I would be very surprised if he didn't already know who she was ahead of time. You think that he was sitting in the Vatican watching the news on Kim Davis and was like, when I go to America, set up a meeting with her? No, no, no that I don't think. <laughs> okay. I think somebody came to his him and said, somebody has arranged for Kim Day. She was also on the list. And he went, meh, sure. I've heard of this person. I know who she is. I, I uh, agree with her, but I don't want it to be public because it's a little too hot. Too late. That's my mm, guess. I don't know. Just a guess. You're free to disagree. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. It could be right. Hmm? I mean, you're wrong. But- <laughs> <laughs> So in a Vox article, um, it does talk about uh, uh, Carlo Maria Vigiano. I don't have any idea how you pronounce that name. But this is the same guy uh, is calling for the Pope to resign. And this is in reference to uh, another thing he cites in his letter. McCarrick, as well as the, the Pennsylvania report implicating um, all the priests of abusing children, he declares that this is reason enough to uh, to get the Pope out of office and force him to resign. Now, the McCarrick thing, the letter claims that he has known, that Pope Francis has known about uh, McCarrick and his use of power against victims for years. Uh, Supposedly, Pope Benedict imposed sanctions against McCarrick that Pope Francis later lifted Mm. in 2013. So, in theory, Benedict knew about what McCarrick had done. Francis knew as well. And pulled the sanctions off of him. So he's saying this is this is the reason that Pope Francis should resign. However, if you look at this guy and what he wants, I'm pretty sure he wants Pope Francis to resign so that they can get a more <laughs> conservative pope in place. Mm, for sure. So he's using liberal, left-leaning, you know, righteousness to try to get a left-leaning pope out of out of position to get a more right-leaning pope in. It's a it's an interesting play. 
Kind of like when the Republicans uh, start yelling about women's rights when you actually say something legitimate about, like, Sarah Sanders or something like that, right? Mm. Right, exactly. Yeah, we're for women's rights. Yeah, we'll get behind the Republic. Oh, look what happened. (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that about her. She's a woman, but she's a fucking liar. But women's rights. (laughs) Mm. Grab by the pussy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's another piece of information that our current Pope sometimes says the right things, but is still not. Yeah. Right, and the worst part is he is a really left-leaning Pope. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You let atheists off the hook it's, it's, to the it's point where Catholics. to the point where <laughs> right to the point where they want to get rid of him because yeah. he's such, <laughs> he, oh, he's Catholics. actually said that atheists shouldn't be put to death. Oh, I can't have that. <laughs> he comforted that little kid. Did you remember that video where the little kid was like, "Is my dad going to hell because he was an atheist?" Right. And mm. he took him up there. Oh, they can't have that. Yeah, no. he's too Christ-like. <laughs> <laughs> too Christ-like for the Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. All right, I don't know if this was Catholic. I don't I don't see that anywhere, but this was a story that was brought up on our Facebook page by a listener. Thanks Eugene for bringing it up. The the story is there was a guy, he's an ex-convict, uh 34 years old. He got a job with this construction painting group in Portland to uh to help him out. It's a job specifically for people who are convicts to give them a second chance like that's the whole idea behind this construction company however part of the requirement is that you attend a bible study in theory what the uh, what the company says is that there's an hour dedicated to bible study that you get paid for that hour and that there's you know snacks whatever and uh, they they do the Bible study. This guy said, "Yeah, that's not really for me. Is this mandatory?" And uh, apparently, the even though the company says no, that is not mandatory. According to him, he was told by his boss that if you want to keep your job, you need to attend. And if if you don't, I'm going to be forced to replace you. He didn't attend, hmm. and he was fired. I, well, employees that attended would be paid for that hour, and employees who did not attend would not be paid. That was the first downside right. to not going. Then there was the firing, yeah. And what did they say that they fired him for? Obviously not that, right? Nope, they said we fired him for that. Oh. They said, we view Oregon as a right-to-work state. Mm. If he doesn't want to uh, fulfill this requirement of his job, he can work elsewhere. Oh, well, if it's a right-to-work state, I don't think he's got much of a case. He does have a case for uh, discriminatory firing you you still can't be fired because you're female or black or have a different religion than the person that owns the company it's still protected class that still counts but was he fired for his religion (laughs) it sounds like he was or was he fired for not going i'm just playing lawyer here just playing lawyer (laughs) i don't know i if he would have went and i'm assuming he says that the the religion just isn't for him so i'm assuming he's some level I don't know if he'd consider himself agnostic, atheist, whatever. But what if he had gone? What if he'd gone to Bible study and just kept his mouth shut and got paid for it week after week? That's fine, right? Nobody would have had a problem with that. But the moment you speak up and say, yeah, religion's Mm. just not my thing, then you're fired. That sounds like discrimination to me. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think he's... I don't think the employer should win... Nowadays, it's hard to tell, but um, yeah, you you cannot discriminate against workers on the basis of religion. You can't. So I do like his lawsuit. He's suing for he should, 
$50,000 in loss of income, and $750,000 for mental (laughs) mental stress and humiliation. Pretty strong. That's that's yeah, I guess I that's a lot of stress. I mean, I but, guess they somehow have to make a case that the Bible study was part of the job. It was a for, requirement of the job, but not related to the job. Right. So I mean, Correct. it's a tricky one. Right. I think their claim is that because these people are uh, ex-convicts, that this Bible study will you know obviously set them on the right path mm. to recovery. I guess they don't get a lot of Muslims at this place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sure they would not hire them. I guess uh, now I'm, I'm very pro what Mr. Coleman is doing. But at the same time, I, I I really I feel like that not only are they in the wrong, but this is your original point. But, you know, I am so comfortable in in, uh, you know, who I am and the decisions I've made and and how I, I perceive life and how I want to move forward in it. Like, I will take your money and your snacks and sit quietly and nap for an hour while you go, blah, 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 the Bible. <laughs> See, Like, I have no problem doing that. I feel even, unless I, you know, unless you're going to give me $800,000, then yeah, maybe I'll sue you. <laughs> and I am the exact opposite, but still not taking a stand. <laughs> so I would be like... The thought of having to sit there for an hour to me with, I guess I have adult ADD or something. I'm like, that would be like eight hours. I'd rather kill myself. I don't care how many free snacks are there. I don't care that they're going to pay me $10 for the hour. I'll just skip it and go watch Netflix (laughs) and have nothing to do with the fact that it's a Bible study. Uh, But you'd be outside doing labor in the hot sun. This would be like... Mmm, Coco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, so you're the, under Baked the impression goods. that if he doesn't go, that they have him still painting for an hour and not getting paid? <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> I just assume he could go do whatever he wanted for that hour. <laughs> I just feel like, and in my mind, I don't know why I think it's indoors. They probably are probably just sit down at the job site and have the foreman go blah, blah, blah. I don't know why they think they transport them to a church and they have ladies making them baked goods. Like, this is my <laughs> fantasy scenario, I guess. <laughs> And no, it's held at a homeless shelter. Weekly motivational team building exercise held at a homeless shelter. I don't think that I would be able to not go and argue the entire time. That would be my <laughs> modus operandi. And that would probably get you fired as well. <laughs> That's okay. But I tell you, if there's anything I've learned in reconnecting with Ian over the past five years, <laughs> is that this guy will do anything for fucking snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. That's my greatest shortcoming. I'm a real path of least resistance kind of guy. <laughs> I just want to put my feet up and just float down the river <laughs> and have snacks fall out of my mouth. In the end, we would both be happy. You'd be wiping crumbs off your shirt after that hour, and I would have gone to the convenience store and bought a devil dog and watched Netflix and been like, hey, man, we both got snacks. I just had to pay for mine. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on to uh, a lot of the national stuff. There was a book, the first the first book, the least of the two books as far as impacting the media. Michael D'Antonio, a uh, CNN contributor, mm-hmm. wrote a, a – he's a biographer, and he wrote the book The Truth About Trump. He says that Vice President Pence believes that God is calling him, and not only recently – but that God has been calling him since he was a teenager to be president of the United States. This is a long-term delusion. 
Um, so that is what caused Mike Pence to run for office at first. What caused him to run for, what was it, governor? Was he governor of Indiana? Mm-hmm. And yes, yes. what uh, allowed him to put up with everything that Trump has done? Because uh, he, he, what D'Antonio declares him as is president in waiting. Um, he is shrugging off all of the uh, crises that have been happening in the White House because he's just waiting for the day when he can take over the Oval Office. Either when Trump is kicked out, is re- resigns, or is that, or at the end of eight years. Doesn't yeah, matter which. I don't think it matters at all. And as as some people have reported, uh, it is quite possible that there are Pence packs that the that Pence is actually already gathering money even though he's not officially running and can't as long as trump is going to be running i don't think i don't think he would ever run against him oh, he could he could he'd be out of his mind but he could no way that would be super <laughs> awesome <laughs> i don't believe this story for one minute no nope because from what i understood is that mike pence was like a conservative talk show host a local conservative talk show host and that one of those coke backed think tanks or whatever saw him and said oh we should totally put this guy into office and do stuff and that's how he got tapped now he could now he could be denying that and saying that god called him but the true story is is that money called you mike pence you piece of shit um (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't so that's the part of the story i don't believe i don't i mean he's probably saying that i don't believe that he believes it hmm well, that's always the question. I mean, because is he, you know, actually a schizophrenic and he heard, heard a voice of God telling him to do something? Does he actually hear voices? No. Nope. Or is it all He made knows up? when he says it, he gets votes. So all the people that say that God talks to them are delusional. I don't think that everybody that says that God talks to them is schizophrenic. They don't actually hear the voice. I've, I've known a lot of people who have said that God has spoken to them, and I don't think that they're actually being literal with that. They just have an idea, and they believe that that idea is divinely inspired. Or they're liars. Sure. Or 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 they're liars. When I was a kid, I lied about seeing Santa Claus one time. It was a total (laughs) fucking lie. Made it up. (laughs) So, I mean, I I know if I'm weighing out problem, I'll have, you know, not a conversation in my head, but you kind of talk both sides of the argument in your head. I mean, is that the kind of God's talking to you that they have? It's, you know, the other voice in your head that that's just the counter-argument kind of thing? Nope. Yes. They're lying. I think so. <laughs> no! They're lying! <laughs> I'm sure some of them are lying. Yeah, the crazy people are not lying. They think a lot of people are talking to them. Right. So you do have, there are a percentage of schizophrenics, but that, that percentage is fairly low in, you know, in, in the populace. It's fairly low. The people who are inspired by greed and just want that greed so bad that they will lie to you and say, well, God said, and if you invoke God, then, well, you must be telling the truth. You're invoking God. Um, That works on way too many people because, as we know, religion requires faith, which is a belief in something on very little evidence. Hmm. So, and, and they constantly hold up faith as a as a solid attribute so you got to have faith when someone says that they were inspired by god so yeah it's it's a bunch of vulnerable people being taken by a bunch of liars however i did grow up in a friend's church and i don't think that most of those people were intentionally lying when they said that god spoke to them i think that they were just 
deluding themselves because they had an idea. They thought it was so good that it had to be that it had to come from. I mean, these are the same people who went driving home after work and were so tired they fell asleep. And because they didn't crash and die, mm-hmm. they say God took the wheel and drove them home safely. Mm. Into a tree? <laughs> no, they just they did, you know they did they don't recognize that they just zoned out and did it on automatic. Right. And sometimes okay. the story was, I don't know how long I was unconscious, but I still made it home. Okay, so you were unconscious for half a second and mm-hmm. nothing happened. That's not divine inspiration. That's not divine intervention. Well, right, but that's not lying because they're just saying, you know, it must have been that that I survived. They're but like they're not saying, then God spoke to me and said, "Take a nap. I'll take the wheel." <laughs> <laughs> But I, I would like to go back to what somebody said. I don't remember who it was. It's something about um, greed being part of this. Because I don't – it's not direct greed, I don't think. It's more power over other people. Because the vice president doesn't make that much money. I mean, it's good money, but it's not, you know, it's not the richest person in the world kind of money. Yeah, so, but is Mike Pence a millionaire? Um, it's got to be. got to be. Well, okay. maybe not. I mean, a governor, again, doesn't make that much money unless he's got, you know, side money coming in. But in any case, I don't think it's – I don't think it's – for people like him, I don't think it's a greed thing. I don't think it's about money. There are better ways of doing it. It's about control and power over people more than greed. Well, becoming president will lead to money afterwards. Yeah, but that's – it's kind of an indirect path, though. I, I think it is more well, and about – Well, and it's prestige and power. Yeah. You know. Power. Being the, the – central part of it being able to tell people what to do what to think how to think i mean that's why preachers i think are successful because it's it's about controlling people i think that is what his aim is it's just for some reason you know the the priesthood did not call to him no but cigarette companies did yeah <laughs> they did that's true so since it was asked in 2017 mike pence's net worth was roughly two million dollars that's pretty good. A pension plan valued between 0.5 and $1 million is most of that. So, and then you you tack on like student loans that he has out for his children and stuff. I mean, so, you know, not fantastic, but millionaire in any case. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, Betsy DeVos money, but. Yeah. That's not 10 yachts money, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's, a, that's a nice pontoon boat money. <laughs> <laughs> That's one yacht money. <laughs> Small. Actually, wasn't the yacht that that got untied of hers worth like forty more. times more than what Mike's Pence is worth? Yeah, yes. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, it was like a forty million dollar yacht or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yachts are freaking expensive, and it's not just purchasing of; it's the insuring of, the maintenance of. So uh, he cannot afford a yacht. <laughs> but if you if you if it's not an American yacht, you can get away with it a lot cheaper. So true. Which it was not an American yacht, and yet <laughs> right. it was in a, the, the Great Lakes, which is weird. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to hit real quick, McCain. It's been announced uh, who will be replacing John McCain. Yeah. It will be previous senator from Arizona, John Kyle. I don't remember much about this because when he was in office, I didn't pay that much attention to politics. Because the world was normal then. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, he is more normal than a lot of the conservative senators that we've been seeing. But he it is, is I, I would say, good. he is a solid right wing, probably, I would say definitely more right wing than McCain was. Hasn't his last thing he's been doing is carding Kavanaugh around? Yeah, he's been acting as the Sherpa for Kavanaugh. <laughs> 
<laughs> and now he will get to vote on Kavanaugh. Well, I wonder where that's going to go. Yeah. When does he? When does he go in? That timing's got to be a little close. I don't know, but really quickly. Okay. He's. This is, I guess he's just appointed and then bam, done. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. And at this point, it's been declared. So I mean, I I don't know that it actually says when he becomes active, but it's got to be quick. I, I mean, I he knows the ropes already. He's been a senator. He was a senator for years, so yeah. he knows how to get you know how to get in there and get things done. Um, like you know, get in the get in the seat is what I mean by that. So, so to be clear, he is not a good guy. He is a no. he has a long history of voting against LGBT rights. Long history. Am I misremembering Senator McCain? What what was not right wing about him? You guys keep referencing him as though he were some left-leaning no, like no, beacon no. of justice. No, no, no. <laughs> no Absolutely I just not. never once did he do a good thing. All, except for his service. His service was fantastic. All the dive mean is that he is not Tea Party shenanigans crazy <laughs> right <-wing>. Okay. <laughs> yes. He he was willing to work across the aisle. He was willing to compromise with people. He was willing to have conversations. The only reason he did the, the famous thumbs down was not because he didn't believe in what the bill was doing. It was because the Republicans refused to work with the Democrats. They refused to work across the aisle, and he thought it was wrong. So he did a thumbs down. He actually, I think, normally would have approved of what the bill said. But he didn't do it because of the way they did it. He also, I mean, again, he was against torture. He didn't like that. And I understandably why, because he yeah. was tortured. You know, it was one of those situations, well, when it happens to me. I get it. You yeah. know, <laughs> but he was still right in some area. Like, I think we said this last week. I'm like, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I did not agree with him. Yeah. But the other guy, but he also wasn't a Trump sycophant. Right. You know. Right. Having said all that, what the fuck was going on this week with him? There was a goddamn viewing in my basement for John <laughs> He was... A, so after we prayed, you know, the three of us praised him and Ian was like, what the fuck? And I kind of defended him. I'm watching all this and I'm like, this is a little too much. What, what besides being, you know, a POW, like what did John McCain do that was so fucking great? He was a two-time candidate for a presidency. He was in the and lost decades and decades and decades. I would guess a candidate for presidency. Vermin Supreme is a candidate for presidency <laughs> well, every every four years. But he didn't get like, down to the final two, though. But he was, they don't do that for like I'm trying. Like the last president who died was Reagan, yeah. Reagan, right? And like I barely remember what they did for Reagan. I'm sure it was just as just as big. But like, do they do this for? They don't do this for every senator, and they sure as hell don't do this for every POW who dies. Well, I think they I think they do the same kind of memorial services. They do the lying in state in the Capitol building. They do the memorial service in the National Cathedral, and they do the local hometown thing. I think they do all that. For every senator? The lying in state is usually if you, you got it to reach some kind of stature, I think. But I mean, they put him in that rotunda, too. He was only the 31st that, person ever to be in this rotunda. Right. That's the lying in state I was talking about. Oh. I'm, like, all I'm just saying was, like, I'm watching this, and people are talking, and I'm like, okay, I defended the guy a little bit. I go, but this is fucking out of hand. I, it, he did not change America. He, I mean, agreed. what did he do? I think the media coverage of it was a lot more than that is than has been in the past. And I think a lot of that was to poke people's thumb, put a thumb in Trump's eye because he wasn't invited. He was off golfing. I think it. A, a lot of it was actually just a blowback from Trump. 
because he Well, I guess is... I could get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> he was beloved by the Republicans, regardless of whether he disagreed with them at the moment. And he was friends with a lot of Democrats. So, again, they disagreed with him a lot of the time, but they respected him because he worked with them. I think it's the fact that there is so little integrity in Congress mm. at this point. Having someone who has integrity die while in office, I think that's what blows it out of out of proportion. Mm. I agree with you. His actual accomplishments, mm. I mean, he was he, he was fine. He was he was mm. a good American, but yeah, I I don't I can't nothing comes to mind. I mean, they're naming a building after him now. And well, I'm fine with that, too, because of who yeah, the building was. Yeah, because I heard it was, was named after a racist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a Democrat racist, even better. Oh. Yeah, well, back then, Democrats were... Anyway. Yeah, all Democrats were racist. Back then, yeah. So it's, And all it's those fine, Democrats whatever. became Republicans. <laughs> I don't know. I just... The whole week, I was like, oh, come on, man. We, we, can we stop, please? But every single time he was on the television, it pissed Trump off. And I guess I could take solace in that. <laughs> you know, if, that if, if, if it was just one big troll, then that's fine. <laughs> I was actually hoping that his daughter or his wife would get the seat for a while. But eh, whatever. Did you guys ever see the video of Meghan McCain almost crying on The View about socialism and how bad it is? <laughs> no. What? Oh, it no. is great. Because, like, you know, the rest of them are like, what are you getting all fucking bent out of shape for? Like... We're, we're part socialist, this country. We do a lot of social programs. And she's like, I can't even believe you're saying this. I, I, and she was almost, she's like, this is crazy talk. I can't tell you how bad socialism is. I mean, the McCains were conservative to the core. Yeah. Yes. The only thing that I could find uh, good about that is that they would be anti-Russian. Mm. <laughs> Again, something that we need to embrace a little bit more than our current president does. I'd rather be Russian than Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, I did want to hit on the, the other book that has come out. At, was it just today it was released? Mm-hmm. Woodward's of <laughs> the Woodward and Birdstein group um, has released a book about, uh, I don't even have the title in front of me, but it's uh, about the Trump presidency and how it's just a freaking circus. Everything from uh, confirming that Kelly called Trump an idiot to uh, to the fact that uh, what his one lawyer said that he was going to quit on on account of the uh, the Charlottesville stuff, but was talked into staying just to get the tax stuff through to to, to the point where there's a reference of aides going in and yanking paperwork off of the president's desk before he could see it because they thought it was a national security risk. Or before he, or before he ate it. <laughs> I like the one where they did the mock interview for him for Mueller. Yeah, and his lawyer's like, "Don't talk. Your only option is not to talk or an orange jumpsuit." <laughs> There's one hundred percent chance of you perjuring. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a uh, an audio, a phone call between Woodward and Trump from um, August 14th, so just a couple of weeks ago, of the president saying, hey, dude, why didn't you call? I could have given you an interview. And Woodward going, uh, I did. And uh, you put me on the phone with Kellyanne Conway, and Kellyanne said no. <laughs> and then Trump's like, they don't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> so as of like two weeks ago, he was cho still trying to prevent the book from coming out. And Woodward kept audio of all of his interviews. Yeah, apparently smartly. thousands upon thousands of audio 
recordings of his interviews. And well, he's an actual journalist. Right. <laughs> and Trump calling out today after knowing something about what's in the book. Somebody told him something, I'm sure. Certainly didn't read. <laughs> he's waiting for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he started tweeting about how Woodward's just a hack. He's an agent for the Democrats. I don't, I don't know how he could do this. Like, this is one of the most famous people from the Nixon scandal. It's, like, it's all so good. <laughs> well, I mean, did, you, did he include the part where he tweeted out back in 2013 that only the Obama administration could get away with saying something negative about Bob Woodward? Mm. <laughs> His he tweets age so well. <laughs> this is the same president who not two weeks ago said that John Dean, the guy who basically busted open the whole Nixon-Watergate thing, was a rat and <laughs> and threw Nixon under the bus. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, they're saying Michael Cohen is the new John Dean, just to keep that. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, he's self-preservation. He knows Trump. He knows he's not going to get any cover from him. So, again, the question is, that, uh, as uh, Anderson Cooper asked, who are you going to believe, the President Trump or President Trump. <laughs> yeah. He's constantly contradicting what he has previously said, just as as the things change around him, as he realizes that that loyalty that he demanded, nobody that has been around him for any length of time is going to have that loyalty because they know it won't be returned. Right. Oh, my God. At this point, everybody must be recording every fucking conversation. <laughs> If Amarosa had the wherewithal to record everything, you know they all are, because she's yeah. a oh dumb as a box of rocks. Remember when she had the Trump hit list out? She's like, <laughs> we're making a list, baby. We're coming after all you people. And she's like, but I'm still going to record everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> them, just these uh, people. And they're all, but and, oh, I guess none of them are dumb, because they're all cashing in. <laughs> mm. Just record everything, write a book, cha-ching. <laughs> and not only, yeah, you get to, you know, take the current administration down a peg. And I, this is not related to the book, but and it, apparently nothing, as we know, nothing is a big deal anymore. Mm. Did you see his tweet where he said Sessions needs <laughs> to stop persecuting my allies mm. <laughs> because I said so? Nice work, Jeff. Yep. <laughs> oh, I heard that the blue wave is, is all Sessions' fault. I, like, to come out and say, I expect the Department of Justice... To be my cronies and to please ignore crimes committed by my allies. Like, that's just so bold. And everybody's like, uh -huh, crazy Trump tweeting again. Yep. <laughs> the tweets are very diluted now, if that's the right term. Like, it just, it's so hard to even, like, care or pay attention. It's just, oh. it's like the ramblings of a crazy man. It is exactly the ramblings of a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, okay. I mean, I know they all go into the presidential record now, which yeah. is unbelievable but it's like who cares what he says anymore it doesn't mean anything it, it's like and every time he tweets stuff like you know good job jeff i mean muller goes up oh, there's another one put that one in the book because you yeah. can't do that <laughs> holy crap now to be specific the two people and these are the two people that came out and supported trump first have mm. been uh was it are they indicted Yes. I didn't know if they were both indicted. One was uh, Duncan Hunter, and I can't remember the other one, but they've both been accused of different crimes, and they are both running for office. 
And Trump is mad at Sessions because the Department of Justice is coming after them now with only a month to go. And the one tweet was, why would you do it now when they can't be replaced? So his argument Hmm. is, if you could have done it sooner, we could have got another batshit crazy Republican in in their place. And this wouldn't (laughs) have affected the party. So he's saying, Department of Justice, you're doing your job wrong because you're affecting the Republican Party. Yeah, two easy wins now in doubt because there's not enough time. Good job, Jeff. That <laughs> By the is way, what he quoted. <laughs> both those guys' stories are fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan Hunter, one, throwing his wife under the bus mm. for the campaign finance bullshit, saying, I don't know, that was her department and this right. and that. And they wow. were flying around a rabbit on a, on a plane <laughs> using campaign money. <laughs> Was it Marlon Bundo? <laughs> oh, I wish it was. <laughs> and then the other guy whose name I can't remember, he's getting busted for uh, insider trading, right? Right. Where he was calling his son from the White House lawn yes. repeatedly over and over again to tell him to sell this stock or buy the stock or something like sell that. Sell stock. Sell stock yeah. because he had inside information that um, it was not going to pass some FDA thing. Yeah. I mean, it is insane yeah. what is going on. So something else happened, uh, speaking of Trump's. Twitter feed. So a week or so ago, he was forced to unblock all the people that um, say bad things about him on Twitter. Mm. And reading the comments now on his tweets is hilarious again. (laughs) (laughs) Because all those people that um, said nasty things about him were drowned out. And so the only thing you got were people going, I love Trump. I would like, I wish I could, you know, suck things on him. And it was just ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Come on, dude. (laughs) Sorry. So now it's back to people going, oh, I think we only see the tip of the iceberg. Makes us all wonder how many Republicans out there are guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors and you're hiding it from the public. It is just all out mayhem now. And and is. And the comments. But every, t- every time I've gone to his page and looked at stuff, it's always seemed like it's people just talking shit to him. No, for, for, <laughs> for a while it was only people – the only people that could get through were the ones that were supporting him. But the, the, a judge told him he couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> High crimes. Didn't you say the one guy was guilty of some sort of campaign finance violation? It, is that even a crime? <laughs> that, that's, that's not even really a crime. <laughs> Somebody posted a picture of him wearing a hoodie with a sign up saying "Need a Need a Ride to Moscow." I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the paintings of uh, of Putin holding up a baby, but with Trump's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, Trump's reaction to this is, well, Twitter is obviously only – they're biased and they're only letting the, you know, the bad guys, the fake news people into my account. Uh, they're, they're being drowned out. The, the supporters are being drowned out because uh, Twitter is completely biased. Because the numbers are 100 million to two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think I said this on this show. I think I said it on the other podcast when we were talking about right Facebook Mm. Mm. Ian, remember yeah. when I brought that up? Um, how eventually they're going to have to go to a, a right-leaning Facebook. Well, remember when he said the thing about Google and how it's it's stacked against them and everything like that? I'm seeing this now on Facebook amongst my conservative friends of other search engines that you can use that are more right-leaning <laughs> um, instead of Google or Yahoo. I can't remember their oh names. But he's like, this is the only place to get the true search results. <laughs> Drudge. They go to Drudge and they think it's a search engine. <laughs> Yep, it's all Soros paying for everything. Paying Google, paying us, paying uh, plants all over the place. <laughs> He's just spending every dollar on this just to fuck this guy over. Yep. 
I like today Trump has um, posted statements from John Kelly and from James Mattis refuting the book. So they're in all out defensive mode at the moment. Yeah, he's posting quotes from from Kelly and Mattis. Meanwhile, what's actually happened is he has called these two in because they have Mm. quotes in that book. (laughs) <laughs> and Trump has called them in and said, did you say that? And Kelly was like, uh, no, sir. <laughs> and so now Trump is tweeting, nope, he said that it's false. Come on. Who are you going to believe? <laughs> You're going to believe <laughs> Trump who lies every five minutes? Or are you going to believe Woodward? I mean, yeah. just look at his history. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the one where he said he wanted to, uh, he told Mattis to assassinate Assad after the chemical attack on those kids? And he, uh, Mattis was like, yeah, okay. I'm going to get right on that. And then walked out and goes, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I did not see that. Trump's like, can we send in Rambo? Rambo, take care of this for us. So sad. All right. um, I think that is going to be it for this week. Unless you guys have something else. Not I. Nay. All right. Uh, If you enjoy this podcast, you can support it by sharing it on social media or leave a review on iTunes. Uh, If you'd like to contact us, you can tweet at ProfaneArg or hit the Facebook page, facebook.com slash ProfaneArg. Also, please check out shows that are on the same network as we are, the soon-to-be-named network. It's not soon-to-be-named. That's just the name. It's soon-to-be-named network. Soon-to-be-named network. Dot com. Uh, check out the other shows that are there for your podcasting needs. I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night, and may your God go with you. Tired of pretending, pushing I was in.